On today's show, we'll talk about the obvious, how the coronavirus is impacting our food world and ways you can help people in the hospitality service. We'll also talk about what we've been eating during this time, and we have a special guest in Aaron Lyman, owner of Champion Wine Cellars, the oldest retail wine store in Washington. It's all ahead on the Seattle Dining Show. This is Greg with Bernard Griffin Winery. You're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Welcome to the April 2020 Seattle Dining Show, number 2004. I'm Connie Adams, Senior Editor, and I'm here with Tom Marin, publisher and owner of Seattle Dining. Howdy, 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 howdy. Ooh, that was four. <laughs> you are making up for the coronavirus left and right. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, um, that's kind of what we wanted to start with today, talking about the coronavirus. I have to admit that I have a little corona fatigue. I'm a little tired of it. I'm really, really tired of it. Um, so I don't want to belabor the point, but I, I think it is important to talk about it. It's a huge thing, obviously, hitting the world. And, and it, I think it was just today that the U.S. passed the uh, – it's the highest number of um, infected people in the world now. Yeah, we, mind we you, we're China. recording this on March 27th, yeah. 2020. Yes, so that's not happening today when you're listening to it. Um, uh, so it's it's having a huge impact, obviously, on Seattle's hospitality industry and all the people who count on those jobs because everyone's closed, um, with the exception of people doing takeout and delivery. And we have some more information about that in News Bites that we'll share with you. But if you're healthy and you can get out to pick up some takeout or have something delivered to you, uh, consider doing that because right now, you know, restaurants are, are always cleaner than our own homes. And now they've doubled down. So you know they're, they're clean. Um, so if you can do that, they're offering takeout, delivery. If you can call ahead, they'll put it in your car curbside. Um, everybody has a no-touch policy, so you're getting food you know, that hasn't been touched by anybody not wearing gloves. And so um, the other thing that I think has been interesting and a, and a wonderful thing is that they've relaxed the rules on alcohol being sold um, out of restaurants as opposed to out of a wine shop or a liquor store. Mm-hmm. So restaurants are are giving you some great deals right now on, on what they have on hand. I don't think they actually will make you a cocktail. They will give you no, no. all the parts you need and then you take it home. It's basically like uh, if you ever lived in Utah back in the old days uh, prior to the 2000s, it uh, had setups. You went oh, into yeah. a bar and you ordered a diet coke and a and a and a setup of rum, and you made your what would you what was that called a rum and coke a rum and coke <laughs> <laughs> that was really hard <laughs> it's really taking a toll on my brain yeah. it's invaded his brain it's not really a lung no, thing no, for I him mean, no I meant the the diet coke one that's the skinny, oh, the skinny Puerto, Puerto Rican and that's I don't like that name. <laughs> Uh, in fact, I I wish I could remember at this moment. I've read too many things lately, but there is a bar in Seattle that's doing that, and they package it all up for you, and then you can go home and make it yourself. All the instructions, just like taking a meal home, everybody's doing instructions with their meals, and they and you can go home and make that 
meal at home that you get at the restaurant. Yep. So that's one way you can help out. Yeah. And there's a couple others that I've I've come across. Go ahead. Uh, I just put up on Facebook a link to this. So if you look at the Seattle Dining page on Facebook, you'll find the link. It's called, uh, I don't know, serviceindustry.tips. And it's a place that you can go, and when you jump in from our link, because our link goes straight to the Seattle page, uh, you'll start. You'll see a, a server's name come up on the screen that you can make a tip, quote, oh, donation to. That's great. Uh, it may be somebody you know. Chances are it's somebody you don't know. So if you want to um, tip a stranger in the industry, uh, that's a way to do it. Now, I got to thinking about this the other night, and, you know, I have a, I have a favorite little watering hole nearby, mm-hmm. and I go down there and drop, drop maybe 50 bucks a week down there. Mm-hmm. And, and there's people who go in there, they buy, you know, $60, $70 in pull tabs in one yeah. night, they're playing the touch tunes machine, they've got the tax and the tip on their bill, they got food, they got – this all adds up, you yeah. know, if, I, if, if two people go in there – uh, and and have a fun evening. They're going to spend a hundred bucks. Yeah. Well, okay. So they can't now. Yeah. So all that money that they have, if if they could afford to do it, maybe they could contact their favorite server directly yeah. and say, Hey, do you need some help with groceries this week? I'll uh, I'll either PayPal you some money, or I'll get you a gift card at a grocery store, or whatever way you guys want to work it out. And uh, and you could try that. And then if 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 nobody takes you up on that and you still want to do some good, you can go out and hit some of these people on the serviceindustry.tips yeah. and help them out because they've already filed in that they need the help. Yeah. So, You know, the, the, the only catch to that, and I love that idea, the only catch to it is you can only hope that all the people who are in there dropping that money all the time have jobs now. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you can afford to do so. Yeah. You know, there yeah. are people who have three months of savings stacked away, and yeah. and they could, you know, as long as they were going to do that anyway, then they would be able to afford it. Other people can't. So, yeah, yeah you could go and you give somebody a tip, but what's that going to be, like 10 bucks? If yeah. you could really afford to help someone out, maybe you're talking 50 60 $70 yeah. to help them out. Yeah. So, you got, you got three ways to help out. You can support the restaurants, you can go support a stranger, or you can support one of your regular servers. Yeah, yeah exactly. I like that. And, and there's a lot of things going on in the wine world because they are considered, I love this, an essential business. So although the tasting rooms are all closed down, you can still buy wine and they can still make wine. So um, those people have jobs, and some of them, not the ones in the tasting rooms, but... Um, Yakima Spring Barrel Tasting Weekends, those are all canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you can buy wine through the internet. And a lot of people, I've noticed, are doing either free shipping or $10 flat shipping, you know, percentages off the amount. Uh, Dalil has a thing out today that on their D2 Heart series, they're going to, it's a $45 bottle of wine, and half of that is going to go to causes. Um, I can tell you what they are. Um, they're going to the Seattle Foundation and their COVID-19 response fund, as well as LifeWire. And I love this because it's a personal uh, thing for me that I like, is that it's a, to continue prevention of domestic violence, which happens all the time anyway. But when things are really hard, mm-hmm. if somebody's a beater, 
mm. you know, and they're unhappy and they don't have a paycheck. Mm, it's going to get point. worse. So I love that they're doing that. Um, and it comes with uh, a rain check tasting for two at their new Hollywood station when things are back to to go again. So that's a nice thing. Yeah. So and, a lot of stuff. And uh, I, I, you and I worked it out a couple of weeks ago as things started to get rocky out there that uh, all the people who have supported us currently or in the past through the Cooking with Class event, mm-hmm. uh, we have extended to them some free advertising yeah. to help them get kick-started when things get back in gear here mm-hmm. again. So uh, we're, we're doing our thing too. And yeah. if everybody does something, then uh, it's great when all this other federal financial support and all that arrives, but it's still not going to be easy. And yeah. so I want to do things that make it a little easier for our supporters to uh, get back going again when it happens. Yeah. And, you know. There's going to be some good deals out there. Oh, there's going to be some good deals. Yeah, just keep watching for that. And and it's a great way to, if you've been hurt, as we really all are, by this, um, you can help them while spending less money than you normally would. So kind of and, a win-win. And I expect when they lift the veil on this, Restaurants are going to get really busy, so yeah. people need to think about you know if you, if you don't like big crowds and you're used to going to your little neighborhood place that's always kind of mellow, uh, it might not be like that yeah. at the first week or two. So yeah, people are uh, going to be so anxious to get out. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that we've talked a little bit about is a lot of places are saying support us by buying gift cards now, and you can use them later when the restaurant opens up again. Mm-hmm. And it's a little scary. We've been a little bit sketchy about yeah, that. because you don't know if you somebody's going to be able. to open back up again. It, uh, people are really hurting through this. But um, if, as, as Tom talks about, if it gets – if everything opens up, when everything opens up, and it gets busy and you can't get in, that's the time to buy your gift card. You can yeah. still be helping them, and then you can go later when the crowds die down, and it'll already have it paid for. Good idea. So that's a, another thing to ponder on. Because I, I suspect we're going to see some people take advantage of this and look at their numbers and what their, you know, what their annual revenues are going to drop to, and they're going to say, we're done. Yeah. We're out. Or, or we're closing five of the 12 places yeah. down permanently. Yeah. We were already seeing that happen earlier this year before all this happened. So uh, this is an excuse for someone to jump ship on some locations and then maybe recuperate a little bit financially and maybe open up some new restaurants later. Yeah. Can't imagine that would happen, huh? Oh, no. Nobody takes that (laughs) chance. You know, it's funny. This isn't food-related, but today I got an email that um, Pharmaca is closing temporarily the Queen Anne location, but their other four are staying open. And I think that's interesting. Why you think the the um, rent on Queen Anne would be higher than anybody else? You'd keep that open to try and mitigate that a little bit. So you don't know what's on people's books or what's in their minds. You don't know what's going to happen with everybody. Hmm. That'll be interesting because the Safeway is going to leave that neighborhood, and then there will be no farm. Oh, yes, there will no, be a pharmacy. It's, there. it's called Pharmaca. Yeah, yeah. But and, and there's Bartels there, and that's there's, right. There's Bartels. Yeah. So there's there's plenty up there, and and Safeway's not leaving. There, uh, who knows how long this would be put off now, but that whole where Safeway is is going down, and they're going to re. At one point, they were talking about seven stories. I hope to God that doesn't happen. 
but it's going to be a whole big thing. And they are going back in on the bottom, only way bigger than they are now. Oh, okay. So they'll come back, and the pharmacy will be there and everything. But I think that was – in fact, I thought by now they would have closed Safeway because they were talking about this in the summer, closing it down. And, yeah, the signs are up. Yeah. So it's going to happen, but there's no date. Yeah, and now so. this is, I'm sure, pushed it way back, so – and uh, the last thing I would want to say is that while we want you to support restaurants, if you either can't get out or are nervous or, you know, afraid that you might be passing something on because you don't know, because you can't get a test, take this time to really get into cooking at home. You'll have the time. It's um, a lot of people are doing it. it. might be a fun family thing or a couple thing to kind of do together. When you and I first started going out, that was what we did together. Mm-hmm. We, we cooked and we'd both be in the kitchen. Yeah. It was kind of fun. Yeah, it's an opportunity um, for people with with young people in the house. This is a really great time to get give them a little more kitchen time yeah. and get them into cooking a little bit more, so yeah. that when they do flee the nest, yeah, they've got some. They skills. have some more skills behind them. And there's plenty of adults out there who don't have good kitchen yeah. skills, and you can just focus on one thing or, yeah. or, or you know, well, not one one item but yeah. like we were talking about on the show last month you know one type of food yeah, Go ahead mediterranean and focus on mediterranean just, food yeah. the other thing that um and i hate to belabor this point cuz we do every month but um it might be a good time to really focus on healthy foods because right now especially for me it's true when things get hard that's when i want some potato chips and dip and that's the last thing you need to do. That's the last thing that's going to help your immune system fight anything off. Yep. So while you're improving your kitchen skills, improve your knowledge of what's like good for you and you know, get some more fruits and vegetables in there. Speaking of the immune system, I want to thank Kara Keels on the show here for oh, providing yeah. a wonderful article to us about how to uh, maintain your immune system during this time. And that is available online at seattledining.com, and it's it's been quite helpful to a lot of people. It's got yeah. a lot of reads this Oh, month, good. So. You know, the other thing about that, and I think this was in there. I know I read it someplace, so it was either in her article or something else, but you, everybody's talking about boosting your immune system, getting it out, you know, sky high, and that's actually not a good thing. If you go overboard on your immune system, right. you can cause... If you um, overload it, you can get celiac. Yeah, you can become celiac. Which, which becomes, which makes you need to be gluten free. And yeah. we don't all need to be that. Mm-mm. But yeah, don't. You're not going to overdo it. You're just and and when you when you read through Kara's stuff, it's more about strengthening it without boosting it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Eating the things that allow it to maintain your system. Yeah, and not eating the things that are going to tear your system down, like any kind of high. Uh, you know, fructose corn syrup yeah. or sugar items, fast carbs, those types of things. Uh, white and amazing uh, how all the the white pasta is gone from the shelves I at know. the grocery store. That's like the last thing you want to be dumping in yeah. your system. And right white now. rice, yeah. At least go whole wheat or something. So, you know, with 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 me having been primarily on a Mediterranean diet since the first of the year. I've I've had no problem finding things that I like, like uh, garbanzo beans, yeah. uh, fruits and vegetables are plentiful out there. Yeah. There's no rush on those, and they're yeah. the best things for you. 
What was the last pasta you used? What was that made from? Uh, that was a chickpea pasta. A chickpea pasta. Mm-hmm. And it was delicious. You, there was something you used before, it, and I didn't care for it. The chickpea pasta, I thought, was very good. And I went to the store one day and noticed that all the pastas were gone off the shelves. And I looked over to the right, and there was some chickpea pasta and some bread lentil pasta and yeah. all the things that would be much better for you. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're out there. And, yeah. uh, and so- it's a time to explore, maybe. Yeah. You know, like for me, I think it was the red lentil pasta that I didn't care so much for the texture because I love, I love white pasta, but I don't want to eat it because it's not good for you. So um, I'll eat whole wheat pasta, which isn't quite there, but I thought that, that chickpea pasta was quite good. So, you know, experiment a little. You may find something you like. Doesn't, you'll never miss the other I, stuff. I couldn't even tell the difference between chickpea pasta and white pasta. I mean, to me, it yeah, was, oh, I, thought the I mean, texture I usually was have right. whole wheat pasta if yeah. I have regular pasta. But. Yeah. That I thought the texture was good, you yeah. know. So, and that's usually for me, the, what puts me off. It's not the flavor. Or make some zoodles out yeah. of zucchini. Yeah. As long as all those fruits and vegetables are so readily available, grab a zucchini and make yeah. yourself a round of zoodles. Yeah. Yum. You know, while we're talking about this too, don't hoard. Everybody has said, please don't hoard the zucchinis. Yes, I need them. Or the chickpea pasta, please. Um, you know. The food delivery system has not been disrupted at this point, um, and you can only keep fresh stuff so long. So take what you need, shop like you normally would, and things will be fine. Like I actually have run out of bleach, and not because I was overusing it. I yeah. didn't have much to start with. Yeah, and now you can't get it? And now I can't get it. Yeah. You know, and, and what's going to happen? I mean, I've got those 18 magnificent rolls of toilet paper, but the day is going to come, and I want to be able to get that when I need to go get yeah. it. So don't stop hoarding. And yeah. you know, hand sanitizer, let's all share. Yeah. You know, people are making their own hand sanitizer, yeah. so it's harder to find the aloe vera gel now. And yeah. hard, can't find any alcohol, and I'm all out of alcohol here. Yeah. So uh, I laughed this morning. There was somebody on TV talking about how a lot of companies are switching over to making hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. And the guy said, this is just my own prediction, but I think in about two months, there's going to be so much hand sanitizer around, it'll never paper. sell. <laughs> yep, and toilet paper. So, that's so. funny. All right, shall we take a break and come back and talk about what we've been eating and drinking? Sounds good. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Esquin Wine and Spirits. Drop by and check out one of the widest inventories of wines from around the world, as well as local and international spirits, all procured by their expert staff. Is your wine collection ready for a new home? Esquin offers monthly wine store storage lockers in a temperature-controlled environment. Visit their website at madwine.com today. Hi, this is Andre from Walla Walla, and when I travel to Seattle, I love to dine at Rock Creek in Fremont. Hi, this is Chef Sarah Lorenzen with Maslow's by Fair Start, and you're listening to The Seattle Dining Show. the Seattle Dining Show for our April edition. You're with Connie Adams, Senior Editor, and Tom Marin, Owner and Publisher. No April Fool in this month. That's right. 
This is all the serious stuff. Yeah, April's really serious. <laughs> Hate it. That's why we've been having fun at home cooking since we can't go out much. I will say I've been trying to at least a couple times a week get out for lunch and pick up something mm-hmm. just to support people. But we have, of course, been eating mostly at home. How do, what have you been making? You've been make, you always make pretty good food. Well, let's see. Let's start with my prawn salad. An excellent dish. So I've been having a lot of fun with that sous vide that I got over the holidays. And uh, we've done some shrimp in it a couple times. And we're really dialing that down and got it down to where um, we're making a really nice salad. Mm-hmm. And we just put that shrimp in the sous vide. It only needs about a half hour in the sous vide. And then you pull it and you pull the shrimp out and slice it up. Put it in a salad with some uh, olive oil and balsamic from our friends at uh, the Queen Anne Olive mm-hmm. Oil. Bit of taste. Bit of taste. Uh, we put in some pumpkin seeds, toasted pumpkin seeds. And we tried this once with the toasted sunflower seeds, and those were a bomb. Yeah. But we did it with the toasted pumpkin seeds last time. Really good. Put some cheese in there. Just uh, rattled up some Parmesan. Mm-hmm. Just avocado, I think. And then we put avocado in and we put some dried fruit in. And uh, mm, so good. And, you know, Connie doesn't like the um, roasted peppers. Oh, so any I've been making pepper. salads for myself using roasted peppers, not the shrimp. Yeah. but. Uh, roasted peppers, and then I'm making my own falafels because it's yeah, so easy right. to do it. And so I'll, I'll take four falafels that I made and I'll slice them up and throw them together in that salad with the roasted peppers and some mm. artichoke hearts yeah. and some more pumpkin seeds, some more Parmesan. Yeah. And now that's a whole other delicious salad. Yeah. So, mm, and, you know, for those of you, and I have to admit, if I'm really hungry, the last thing I think of is getting a salad. It's just not enough. But honestly, every salad we've had at home has been plenty. I've been so full. Yeah, the reason salads aren't enough for most people is because they don't put enough protein in yeah. them. But if you put in about a third of a pound to a half a pound of protein, mm-hmm. now you're really cooking with gas. And uh, falafels are an excellent source of protein. They're not going to get you the omega-3 that you would get out of fish or a grass-fed mm-hmm. beef. But um, they they provide Plenty of protein and plenty of substance, so you don't feel like somebody just took a put a you know half-hearted salad in front yeah. of you. This is a meal. Yeah, when you go that way. And and falafels, let us just say, are from our friends, the chickpea. Yeah, we've been chickpea. talking about chickpeas a lot and garbanzo say beans. Say so. hello to the chickpea. <laughs> and if you didn't know this, garbanzo beans and chickpeas are the same, same thing. thing. So if you get confused by labels, that's that's the deal. Yeah. Um, you want to go to the next one or are you going to do one of yours? I'll do one of mine and then you can follow with your next one. I made some barbecued ribs ribs at home and it was a total fail. Um, So so tell us why it was a fail. Well, I brined them, which was good. I brined them overnight actually, so they should have been great. Um, I didn't do my research, which is where I always fail and Tom always succeeds because he will just research and research and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll figure it out as I go along. So I overcooked them because... I thought at 300, it would take a while to cook. Mm-hmm. And really, it should have been like 175 if I was going to. I only cooked them for about an hour and a half. They weren't just like dry as a bone, but they didn't fall off the bone. They weren't really tender after all that brining because mm-hmm. I overdid them. I put a little dry rub on them, and, and I should have put more dry rub on them. So they didn't have a lot of flavor, 
then they were a little too dry, and then I used the red duck applewood smoked mesquite, which is good, but it couldn't. It was too little, too late, you know. And you only put one coating of that on, right? I didn't even do it and cook it that way. Oh, you did it after. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so every barbecue mistake in the book you made, I made. You, they just really <laughs> could not, could not. Pull themselves together. So we're going to publish a couple of barbecue recipes in Seattle Dining to straighten us all out. (laughs) And uh, for the one where you bake it, um, the important thing about ribs is they they really do need about at least 6 to 12 hours in in the baking process. Mm. Um, 12 hours is a long time to try to bake in the oven or your barbecue at home. Because typically you can't keep that thing down at 160. Well, that's a lot of electricity or gas or charcoal, too. too. For for some ribs, you know. Yeah. yeah, So so it's so you got to cook them. You're gonna you're probably gonna go for a max of six hours, and you got to do it where you get to rub on them and let them let them have that rub for a little while, and then just before you put them in, oil them. Mm. And when you oil them. That's going to help keep the moisture in. You won't rub, you won't oil all, all the rub off. Yeah, but you'll you'll actually get that rub covered off, and they'll be able to marinate a little bit better with that rub. Um, and then they need that slower time. It's just the way the protein is, and it's 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 uh, you don't want to dry them out definitely. Mm-hmm. And then toward the end of your process, about a half hour before you're going to pull them, that's when you start putting the barbecue sauce mm. on. And you put it on and then you let it cook for 10 more minutes and then you put another layer on. 10 more minutes, one more layer, 10 more minutes, and now pull them out and put a final layer on and serve them. So that's yeah. four layers of barbecue sauce you're yeah. putting on. So you do want to be careful and make sure you're using a really healthy barbecue sauce, yeah. like a like a red duck. Yeah. If you're just using some Jivola dollar ninety nine, you're putting tons of sugar yeah. on there. So well, and that's why the ribs that Tom made the following day were so much better than mine. So the ones I made those. the following day are the ones that I've been experimenting with in the sous vide, rather yeah. than have them out on the barbecue, which I'm pretty good at doing that one now. But the sous vide, I still needed to master, and I think I finally nailed that. And oh. I got uh, I got twelve hours in the refrigerator overnight, brining in uh, apple juice, mm-hmm. and uh, this was for one rack of ribs, which is uh, comes out to about fourteen to sixteen ribs. So uh, we had uh, we had the apple juice brine going, and in that apple juice brine, there was two teaspoons of liquid smoke. Yeah. Because we weren't going to smoke them. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with using liquid smoke as long as you don't overdo it, which is easy to do. Yeah, doesn't take much. So then uh, I transferred them. I gave them a rub. I patted them dry, and I rubbed them down with my own homemade rub. Mm-hmm. Real easy to do. Uh, equal parts of salt, pepper, paprika, and brown sugar. And then I vacuum-packed them. And I lit the sous vide up to 160 and I put put them in the sous vide for twelve hours at one sixty, and so they were able to both cook and marinate at yeah. the same time, and not lose excess moisture. There's going to be moisture that's going to come out. There's no doubt about it, but they don't they don't become dry. Yeah. And then I pulled them out, had the had the oven fired up to three hundred, and was in and out of the oven three times. Over 30 minutes with the barbecue sauce each time. Yep. 
We got really good ribs. Yeah. They were delicious. They did not fail, as mine did. You don't have a smoke ring, and that's okay. That's okay. You know, all the all the sort of the the chest beating things about making ribs, yeah. you know. It's not it's not there in this process, but it's wonderful. Yeah. And you do smell them when they're cooking, even though that yeah. vacuum pack is sealed up. You can walk into the house after six hours, and the house starting to smell like ribs. Mm-mm-mm. That's one of the best things. Well, the one thing I did that did work out really well was I made a lemon stir-fried chicken and some wild rice. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. We'll be, we'll be making that again. And then um, I've made a couple of scrambles. I did a tomato spinach parmesan scramble, and I did a spinach artichoke heart and feta scramble. Mm. And those were good. I don't. You don't usually don't like I tomatoes. There for those, was no. I? Mm-mm. You don't like tomatoes. I have to come over more often. Right? You don't like yeah, tomatoes in a scramble. Yeah, I'm not crazy about tomatoes in my scrambles. So I do them. It's sort of like you doing peppers. You do them when, when you're alone, and I do my tomatoes Ooh, when I'm I alone. I could do some peppers in a scramble. Yum. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing we wanted to talk about was something we've been drinking. We got the chance to get three bottles of Sagemore wine. And if you know anything about Sagemore, and you will, starting in April, because I've got a two-part article coming about them but they didn't start planting grapes until 72 so they are an early vineyard sagemore and there's uh five i have to go back and look myself now i think five vineyards that they have and they have always um grown grapes for others and sold them all mm-hmm. and um the vineyard manager the, the guy who runs the operations kent is has always had the dream of making his dream was making a great Cab Sav. Well, they've now made a Cab Sav, a Cabernet Franc and Merlot blend, a Semillon Sauvignon Blanc blend, and I believe there's one other that we didn't get a chance to to have that we don't have at home. But we tried the first one. We tried the Miguel the Man, the 2016 blend of Cabernet Franc and Merlot. That's from their Winebau Vineyard on the Waluki Slope. So I thought... It had a brightness and a slight bite, and that was probably the Cab Franc, and then a nice mellowness from the Merlot. I thought it was good just sipping it. I liked it with food. We had it with the ribs, mm-hmm. the, the good ribs, not the bad ribs. <laughs> um, and I thought it went really well with those. When I first tasted it with food, I thought I got some green pepper, but that went away really quickly. So it must have been something else that I don't think there was really green pepper in there so hmm. much. You didn't get that. Mm-mm. As I recall, I got a little cherries and chocolate, and mm-hmm. I noted that the alcohol seemed a little high at fourteen and a half percent, but uh, it didn't ruin it. And oh, no. uh, other thing is, it, it's it still had a, quite a nice aftertaste. Mm-hmm. And then when you had some ribs and you put a little more wine in, it, it, it didn't it didn't burn your tongue out. You know, yeah, the and way it, that high alcohol wines can. Yeah, and it also didn't. Overwhelm the food, and the food didn't overwhelm it. It was a nice. I think it's a good. It's a good blend. We really enjoyed it. Yeah. And Miguel the man is actually Miguel, who has been at Weinbau uh, Vineyards since I think 1986. So you know, it's a nice tribute to somebody who's been working and working on those grapes. Yeah. yeah. And then we've got a couple of others. We got a taste over the next couple of months. So yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll be reporting back. Yes, we will. We will. <laughs> All right. All right. You want to take a little break? Yes. Okay. And I then we'll do. come back and we'll uh, get into the news bites file as if there isn't any news to be discussed. <laughs> 
Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... B&E Meats and Seafood, your neighborhood butcher with four locations to serve you in Des Moines, Burien, Newcastle, and the top of Queen Anne Hill. Unique products, great meats, the freshest seafood, and a knowledgeable, friendly staff make shopping at B&E Meats and Seafood the best choice. Hi, this is Laura from Bothell, and one of my favorite restaurants in the Winneville area is Purple Cafe. Hi, this is Linda from Antolin Cellars in Yakima. You are listening to the Seattle Dining Show. back on the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Aaron, the publisher. I'm here with Connie Adams, our senior editor. And as you can tell, this month we've kind of mixed things up a little bit. Uh, we will not be doing a calendar of events today since uh, that's sort of not really happening right now. Yeah. Uh, but we do want you to keep an eye on our calendar online where we will be noting cancellations. And then if things open up, we'll be noting what's going to be a go. Yeah. Um, interestingly, um, in the I, I recently got an email, and it's a combination of uh, Albert Lee, who sponsors the Bite of Seattle, Seafair, the Hawks, the Mariners, the Sounders, the Storm, and the Washington State Fair. They put out a joint statement saying, you know, these are such fun events, and when things go back to normal, we'll want to have that sense of community again that these provide but what we do over the next few weeks can help or hinder the return of your favorite events. So stay home, try to flatten the curve, yada, yada, everything we've heard a million times. But I thought it was a, a nice joint statement, you know, because those are the things that make a community what it is. Yeah. And uh, luckily today our guest is going to be on the show. Uh, this is something that we recorded about three or four weeks ago. Yeah. So we're we're in good shape and we've got a special guest here later on, yeah. as Connie mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. But uh, anyways, so let's, let's go into your News Bites okay. bullets there. Um, what, we were talking about people doing fun things. And one of the things that I, that I like is Revolve out in um, Bothell. Mm-hmm. They are all saddened because there is no Seattle Restaurant Week. So they're doing their own. Heat, heat and Eat Seattle Restaurant Week. So you can go and get a $35 deal at Revolve, and it has um, a uh, salad to start with. And, and Revolve's food is all healthy food, all mm-hmm. things that you can feel good about eating. So you've got your salad, then you've got a choice of a number of main entrees, and then you've got a dessert, and... Um, and it's thirty-five bucks, and you can have your own little restaurant week right That's at home. Thirty-five dollars per person. Yeah, okay. just like it would be if you went out and got the three courses. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you mentioned earlier about uh, ways to help people in the industry, and there's a couple things I'd like to mention. Um, there's a thing called at USBGNCF. It's a bartender emergency assistance program, and it's a it's called hashtag virtual tip jar. So if you can go look that up, there's a way to tip people. Um, the so other that th- sounds like a Twitter or a Facebook thing? Uh, when you it say must at be. USBGNCE, yeah, it must that'll be. get you started at yeah. least. Um, the other thing, and this um, was Olga from, at least this is where she was the one really pumping this, Olga from Poroshki Poroshki. Mm-hmm. It's a thing called catch22delivery.com. 
and it is a tech system that was created to help the restaurants. So you as a customer can go out, find the restaurants that deliver, and know that all the money you spend goes to that restaurant. It allows direct communication with the restaurant and possible partial or full avoidance of third-party fees. And then restaurants are able to stay in charge of their product from kitchen to door, save on that of almost up to 33% on third-party platforms, and allow sales tracking via their own website, keeps their employees working, and gives them customer data directly. So it's not that I'm saying don't ever use DoorDash or Grubhub or anything else, but when you do, about 33% of that money wow. goes to them. I didn't know it was that high, but that's, that's a lot. It goes up to that. So yeah. some aren't that high, some are. But So in these times of need, um, you know, everybody's hurting. So if, if you can use catch22delivery.com and make sure all that money goes to the restaurants – that's very helpful. And if you're a restaurant, you need to go in and register your restaurant in catch22.com because they're not going to just yeah. seek you out. Yeah, so or you need put to you go in. and register it. Yeah. <clears throat> the other thing to think about, too, is that nonprofits need help now, too. You know, they serve, uh, obviously, an underserved part of the community. Fair Start, for instance, always makes meals for people in need. They do it for, like, assisted living places and schools where kids don't have Food and of course the schools are all closed. So right now, even though the Fair Start restaurant is closed, they are all in there. Those the people in the program are working. The the chefs trainers are training, and they are making tons of meals. Like fifteen thousand meals a day. I yeah, think it's it huge. It's crazy. It's a huge jump up. Yeah. Um, Socios Produce at Pike Place Market um, has the people who run that are very generous. They do a ton for the market and foundations. They have given to cooking with class numerous times. They do a lot. And um, about a week ago, in one week, they raised over $5,000 for the community safety net while also giving back to market farmers. Hmm. So that was really nice to hear, too. Speaking of farmers and markets, there's going to be a new market over on 130th in Aurora. Really? Where the old Albertsons used to be. And it is tagged as a farmer's market. I'm, the name is escaping me right now, but hmm. it, look, it looks interesting. I'll be interested to see what happens when that opens up. Yeah. Which Albertsons was it again? Oh, up north? 130th in Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Over by your favorite little Asian center over there. Yeah, yeah, where I did go get takeout food the other day. Just saying. Um, another thing, too, through April 6th, so getting close here, McDelivery through both Uber Eats and DoorDash is offering zero delivery fee for any orders with a $15 minimum basket size from McDonald's. And, hey, let's help out McDonald's by telling you that uh, although they don't want you to walk up through their drive through if you use the app, you can order at many of the stores, and then you can pick your order up outside the door of the store. Yeah. So... You know, um, I have a thing. For those of you who like to walk and not drive. Yeah. I have a thing about apps. I don't want a zillion apps on my phone or anything. And, I, and I'm and i a little – I get a little testy like um, – oh, I can't remember who – what firm it was. It was a pizza place or a sandwich place that was advertising on TV. And it was a good deal. I mean, if you use their app, you got half off the whatever they were selling. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to do a good thing. But, you know, they're gathering information on you all the time. Yeah, exactly. They say, you know, when they say they want to uh, uh, access your Bluetooth, 
That means they can track you yeah. and they can track a lot of information about where you go and that sort of thing. Yeah. I don't like that. So I don't if you want that. if you really want to help and somebody orders in any way, why can't you give them the deal? You know, I, I just I don't. It makes me feel. Uh-uh-uh. Um, the other thing, and hopefully most of you know all this already, but because everything's closed down, there's a list of what is open. Of course, obviously, grocery stores, convenience stores, pharmacies, even. Um, a bit of taste that we were talking about, which I think needs to be renamed to a lot of taste. But um, <laughs> that that's considered a grocery store. So those are open. Liquor stores that sell food are open. Uh, farmers markets, although the city of Seattle suspended fir- permits for markets through March 16th through April 13th. So mm. we'll see what happens there. Food banks are open. Farm and produce stands are open. Big box stores that sell groceries and essentials like Target, Fred Meyer, Walmart are open. Restaurants that do takeout and delivery are open. Um, Food manufacturers and their suppliers, so beverage production, shellfish hatcheries, brewery and winemaking facilities, coffee production facilities, because we would die without the coffee. (laughs) Someone sent me a a clip from Airplane. Do you remember that? And she was (laughs) like, they were going into space, and, and the attendant gets on and says, you know, We've been knocked off course by a asteroid. We're about a million miles away, and everybody's well. That's so interesting. What? And it, it really is okay. And they're like, "Yeah, that's fascinating. How does that happen?" She goes, and they said, "Are you telling us everything?" And she said, "No, we're out of coffee." And the, and everybody on the plane goes wild. <laughs> so, so that's still going on. Uh, artisan food production, cheese plants, milk plants, livestock and poultry facilities. So again, you don't need to hoard things. The food's coming. Um. And then companies that offer curbside distribution and delivery service, so Peach, Grubhub, Uber Eats, Postmates, things like that. Mm-hmm. And the pot shops are open, I guess because they pot sell shops. cookies, huh? Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, people are wondering why the pot shops are open, and most pot shops will sell medicinal marijuana as well, so yeah. they get to stay open. I, guess. I don't yeah. know the actual reasons why, but – Well, but alcohol but- doesn't seem – Essential to me, really. I mean, it. it well, I think is, it is essential at times like this. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're, we're going to have a hell of a lot of alcoholics real soon. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's a, you don't want to sit in your house and not be able to drink, especially if you like to drink. You know, yeah. so yeah, the, I think key is balance, and of course, that's in everyday life. When it comes to drinking, you have to balance having mm-hmm. a great time or you know being reasonable. But I'm not drinking more because I'm here at home and not getting to go out. In fact, some days I'm actually drinking less. Yeah. But I like knowing that I have that oh, yeah. there and I can – because I'm going to have some in a little bit here. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> you and me both. It's almost 5 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what's going on there. Um, I guess that's that's probably it for News Bites. I think we've kind of covered it. Um, Met The Metropolitan Grill and Elliot's are doing um, – they're saying, you know, so many people come there for special occasions, and so you can get the special occasion food with directions on how to do it and then um, take it home and do it. And also when you do that, they're giving you a $25 gift card to the Metropolitan Grill. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Because, no you know, I kind of think that Canlis uh, owes everybody living on the north side of Queen Anne <laughs> a $100 <laughs> gift card for the traffic debacle yeah. that they've caused. Uh, to the point where you couldn't even move an emergency vehicle through that area. Yeah. So, um, I was, yes, I think I think that's great if people want to do some bonus gift certificates and yeah, gift cards and exactly. that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. 
All right, then. We are off, and when we come back, we will be talking with our special guest, Aaron Lyman of Champion Wine Cellars. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Queen Anne Olive Oil. Explore their huge selection of flavor-infused olive oils and balsamics. Mix and match to create some unique taste treats. Take a field trip soon to the top of Queen Anne and experience oils and vinegars in a whole new way. Find more information at QueenAnneOliveOil.com. Hi, my name's Roland, and I'm from Austin, Texas, and when I'm in the Pacific Northwest, I like to go to the Culture Cheese Club and eat the hot mess with beer, cheese, and beer and pretzels. Hi, this is Andy Perdue with the Seattle Times, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We're back on the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Marin, the publisher, here in the studio with Connie Adams and a special guest. Tell us about the special guest, Connie. Indeed, I will. Erin Lyman, owner of Champion Wine Cellars in Greenwood. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, for those of you who don't know, and you all should, uh, Champion is the oldest retail wine shop in Washington, it was opened in 1969, and it has been going for 51 years. Um, it was originally owned by Emil Ninad and some partners, and he decided um, when they were reconcepting Lower Queen Anne, uh, it was time to move the shop. He wasn't ready to take on that, <laughs> and so he looked for a buyer. Erin yeah. stepped up, and in 2017, she and her partner bought it, and she pretty much runs that by herself. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do today, Erin has nicely brought back, through, brought back, brought down three wines that she thinks are wonderful for spring, and she'll tell us a little history about them, a little background, and we'll taste them online here, Woo-hoo. actually on the show. You'll have to imagine <laughs> that, but we will give you our feedback as we go through. So what did you bring today, Erin? Awesome. I um, So I brought... Three different wines, a sparkling rosé, uh, a still white wine, and a red wine. And the sparkling rosé is a 2016 Hirutsa, um sparkling rosé chocolate. And this is unusual because it's uh, done in the champagne method. Mm. Most chocolate wines are slightly effervescent, uh, but this is intentionally fully effervescent and made in the champagne method. And it is uh, pretty rare. There's not a ton of it out there. And we're so lucky to get a little bit of it oh, in Seattle. Great. Um, and, and what's a chocolate wine? So uh, chocolate refers to the region. Okay. And we we would be right in San Sebastian. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's so funny. It's a, it's a little area in Spain in the Basque country. And uh, as a little side note, it's why if you look at all of the words, for example, the grapes are Andaribi Beltza and Andaribi uh, Zuri. And it, there's a lot of crazy sounds in there. There's a lot of X's and Z's. Yeah. And that's typically, if you see that on a wine label, that's a, it's a pretty good indicator that you're somewhere in the Basque country. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and in this particular area, it's beautiful. They have the most uh, Michelin-starred restaurants per capita of the world. Oh. Um, 
And it's it, it's it's kind of funny that for all of the amazing restaurants that they have, the wine that they're really known for are these like very crisp, bright, fun wines that you can kind of guzzle. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole you know the whole premise behind wines like this is that they basically act as uh, palate cleansers. And oh, so okay. while you're eating all of these rich uh, rich foods um, as you're going from bar to bar and taking bites as you go. Uh, you wash it all down with chocolate. Okay. Yeah. Um, and because the new arrivals of the regular chocolates aren't out yet, I thought I would bring this very special method champenoise or method traditional uh, sparkling wine from that region. That's pretty exciting. Now, do they? Sim- it's rare because they simply don't make that much, or just we don't get it in this country that, that much. A little bit of both. Um, you know, honestly, to make a uh, method traditional wine that's mm-hmm. done in this uh, style is it's quite difficult. Uh, the equipment's expensive mm. and it takes a long time. Uh, this 2016 vintage, for example, this is the current release and it's now 2020, you yeah. know, so you it also costs a lot of money because you have a bunch of wine that's basically sitting there aging and you can't make a return yeah. quite as quickly. Yeah. And so it, it's a little bit of economic factors. Um, but it's also just, you know, because of all that goes into it and the amount of time, the price ends up being oh. a little more expensive. Mm-hmm. Also because uh, the amount of atmospheres of pressure inside of the bottle, mm-hmm. um, because it's uh, about six or seven uh, uh, atmospheres of pressure, it's it's really intense. And so the glass needs to be extra strong. Oh, okay. And that all kind of goes into price and whatnot. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right, shall we take a so sip? And you, you sip, I'll gargle. Okay, or guzzle. <laughs> I, it, I hear it's yeah, guzzling's okay. <laughs> guzzling's okay. Oh, boy, that smells great. Mm, so pretty. For people who mm. like, um, or for people who are conscious of uh, the amount of sugar that is oh, in yes. their wines, that's also the other reason why I brought this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is what they call a brut nature. And there is uh, no dosage or uh, no sugar that's been added to round out the wine. Um, And so for the springtime, you know, in general, it's a a really pretty Mm -hmm. pick-you-up. Makes you want to get going. But in terms of food pairings, you know, this would be amazing with, as soon as fresh produce starts rolling in, this would be amazing with all of that. And for the Pacific Northwest, um, gosh, any of our seafoods here would be fantastic with this. Oysters, Dungeness crab, especially. Oh, nice! Very light. Very light. Very light. Very no, light. no, no super punchiness in the flavor anywhere. Nope. Just kind of light. Mm-hmm. And you definitely get the yeah. bubbles and the that feels really good. Did you bring the seafood to pair this with? Oh, I wish. <laughs> no. <laughs> so let yeah. me go get some of the. Uh, <laughs> let me go get some of the stuff out of the sous vide that's going uh, on there right now. That'd be so good. It's also an incredibly beautiful color. Yes. It's like a light salmon yes. or something. Yep, yep. It's really pretty. Really pretty. I can see, well, I can see it in my glass, but I could see it on a deck with sun coming through it. Oh, most Today, definitely. Today, not so much in the Northwest, but. Maybe put it up next to your salmon cheeks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Compare. And, yeah, compare and contrast. <laughs> <laughs> um, something that I'd love to point out about this wine is, although the flavors are so delicate, if you pay attention to the length of finish, that sort of wild strawberry red currant 
uh, there's like this very particular line uh, on your palate as you're tasting this, but that really lingers on the finish. And though though it's so dry, that uh, that strawberry note is really um, it's very persistent. Mm-hmm. Which to me, uh, typically long finishes are uh, indicators of of quality. Yeah. There are times, certainly, where you take something you think, that's delicious, and before you can finish that thought, it's right. gone. Yes, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, mm, thank you for bringing that. My gosh. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Yeah, I'll just I'll keep that over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is nice. All right. Ready for the second one? Yeah. I don't know why we're pouring it under these red cups over here. <laughs> well, we're going to save that and drink it later. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for the frat party, right? Don't, uh, don't mix it with anything else. <laughs> okay. All right. So Aaron is professionally Sorry. pouring Sorry about around the her microphone. Tabletop. As this glass is sliding. See this? Yeah. We, we just want to give everybody the feeling that they're tasting yeah. with us. And so when Watch we, out for that mixing board now. When, there, <laughs> when there's a bit of silence and we're tasting, we want all of you at home to say, mmm, that is delicious. Just so you, you know you're yeah. in it. <laughs> or you can uh, grab a pair of your own glasses and clink them together. Yeah, exactly. You know, as a toast. <laughs> all right. This is a Chablis, mm-hmm. I can see from the back. It sure label. is. Um, and this particular Chablis is from uh, the Volcaray family. It's from vintage 2017, and Domaine Volcare is a pretty classic uh, producer in Chablis. They are a fourth-generation uh, winemaking family, which is very common for this part of France. You'll often hear uh, fourth, fifth-generation vinerons, um, and that is, that is part of the beauty about um, old-world wines is the long lineage of tradition. Um, I should note uh, that in these times of climate change, it has been also really wonderful to see um, uh, the new generation coming up, both abroad and here, um, because a lot of these young winemakers in their in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, a lot of them are so much more open-minded, and part of it is because of necessity. Um, so it's been really wonderful to watch them uh, have these exchange of ideas mm. on how to combat climate change, um, whether it be from breaking up of their harvests, uh, obviously harvesting earlier, things mm-hmm. that they can do in the vineyard um, that will benefit the wine that we're drinking now. Um, it's, it's a really wonderful thing. Oh, yeah. uh, for example, a lot of uh, German winemakers and Alsatian winemakers have been reaching out to winemakers in Burgundy about how to make better red wine, for example, oh. um, just because... Uh, their Pinot Noir for the first time is finally hitting levels of ripeness to yeah. where they can make really quality oh, red wow. wines. So it's it's a, a cool thing. Yeah. Now, France has a lot of very specific winemaking guidelines. Yes. So is that very much loosening so. up at all because of the changes or is that <laughs> the, these winemakers are finding ways to deal with that and yeah. still? I'd say, you know, just like a just like how it is here. Um, things are different in each part of France. Um, I've, I've said it before where it's, uh, very similar to how the U S is structured where, uh, in the Northern parts of France, you have very, uh, rigid structures and rules and follow like regulations and people like to follow those. 
Like Everybody, in Washington. You, we you are. Only, <laughs> you can only blend uh, the same grape, right? You can't like put, like on a Chablis, you can't do 80% Chablis and 20% Chardonnay. Well, so Chablis is actually, that's the name of the region. So Chablis is a location. Mm. And Chablis is a geographic location that is right here. I'm pointing to a map. Um, of Burgundy in the uh, magenta color. So for those w- listening and not watching, her finger's pointing pretty much dead center into France. Yep. Just, yep, just, yep, yep. Uh, just east of the Loire Valley. Yeah. And, uh, and the grape of Chablis is Chardonnay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So typically... So it could be 80% Chablis and 20% <laughs> <Yeah>. Chablis. <laughs> you could say it that way. <laughs> you were saying about it like in Washington... Oh, we yeah. just do whatever. Oh no, no. I mean, you know, it's it's um, it's a cooler climate here. We're up to the north, and and we um, we like uh, structure, and we like rules, and we do a really good job with following them, like uh, like our crosswalks, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the south of France, where you have like the Long Dark Houssian, um, a lot of the more southerly Appalachians, it's kind of, it's not so loosey goosey, but it's kind of like. <laughs> just throw in the grapes. And so you often see larger blends of varietals. Oh, okay. You know, sometimes, for example, Chateauneuf du Pop, they can legally uh, incorporate 13 different grape varietals into oh, their wow. blends. Um, and so I, I kind of liken that to um, like how it is in Hawaii, which is where I'm from, where people are just kind of like, oh, yeah. Hang loose. It works. Yeah, sure. Totally. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I snuck a little taste before everybody else. Oh. <laughs> but I'm getting. Uh, a uh, 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 pretty old oak, nothing, you know, not, not a new oak thing going on. And there's no malolactic in there, right? Mm-mm. Yeah. So it's, uh, again, it's just kind of light and airy. It's mm-hmm. not it's not throwing any one thing at you. Mm-hmm. Is it done in stainless? Um, so uh, Volcare, uh really likes to use a lot of old barrels mm. uh, in general. Um, this actually, one sec. I had heard somewhere where uh, I, I believe the French were buying barrels from the U.S. Mm, that's good to to make wine because <laughs> they they like them after we take all all those flavors out of the barrels. Mm. There. Mm. Um, you know, I that's more of a uh, I'd say that's probably more of a winery thing. Um, mm. Each winery, uh, there's a lot of wineries who will have, uh, they will go with a certain barrel maker. Mm-hmm. Um, and they usually, especially if they're really old or well-established, they usually will stick to that. Um, but typically per region is where you'll see the differences in that. And then, you know, as far as taste, this is, uh, it's very classic Chablis. So you always will get this like lemon confit, like Meyer lemon confit, a little bit of salt, like there's oh, yeah. like a, a saltiness to the finish. Uh, and then you'll also get like a little bit of white flour. There's a little bit of like a zesty. There's almost like a stone fruit quality to this uh, as well. Like a zesty white peach. Um, and it, then you'll always get, uh, not always, but you'll also get a little bit of like flint. Like a, like a little gun flint, gun hmm. smoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not getting the kind of minerality that I get out of a Loire Valley wine. I'm getting, you know, just, just a, a little bit, but not, 
You know, sometimes you feel like somebody just put chalk in your mouth when you yeah. drink a Loire Valley wine. Mm-hmm. Well, you feel how uh, your mouth keeps salivating? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So that that's from the uh, the acidity of Chablis. That's from the uh, the 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 grapes uh, the grape here because it's so northerly. Even though Chardonnay, as a varietal, tends to be pretty and so uh, I don't medium. have rabies. No, no, not at all, not <laughs> okay. at all. Um, but here you have uh, like the very high toned and uh, refreshing mineral long finish. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, uh, here what what you'll notice is the finish here. Uh, we call it, it, there's a thing called phenolics, and that's the way that the wine feels in your tongue. You can really feel the, the texture right. of the wine on your that, tongue. Like a saltiness? Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. Yep, it's yep, funny, yep. too, because when I first tasted it, it was almost like, oh, this is going to be sweet. Yeah. And then it doesn't do that. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's where that, um, as far as, you know, the fruits that I was talking about, uh-huh. that's that, like, stone fruit quality. Okay. It's, like, very juicy. Yeah. And then it gets salty. Um, and it's... Uh, there's other regions in France, like uh, the Rhone Valley, the mm-hmm. red wines in the Rhone. Um, they are beloved, but they are very similar in the sense that they start the fruit starts out sweet, mm-hmm. but finishes very dry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the third All one. All right. See what that one is. And then the third one, I thought since I showed a wine from Spain and then France, I thought we'd just hop right over to Piemonte. Oh, Mm, that's a beautiful color too. All a right. very, very ruby red. Yeah. But really purple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like watching a Judy Garland movie with the red cranked up. Totally. <laughs> I wish I could have a wow. lipstick that color. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, oh man. So we're actually not too far from France here. Um, this is uh, in the area of Italy. It's uh, northwest Italy, um, and it's the area where the great Barolos and Barbarescos come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Piedmont is beloved for those wines, also for truffles. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, those wines are especially Barolos. Uh, Barolos on really hard-packed soils are are so beautiful, but they take so long to age um, that in the meantime, everybody needs something to drink. And uh, that's where wines like this come in handy. Mm. And it's a grape called Barbera. Uh, Barbera is uh, lovely and amazing and all of the things, but it's because it is both rich and light at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a richness of flavor, but it's, it's very light. There's almost no tannins to the grape. Um, and so it tends to be a really fantastic uh, everyday drinker uh, while you're waiting for your Barolos to age. Okay. Um, and then as far as food pairings, you know, Barberas do fantastic with, like, anything pasta or mushroom-related, mm-hmm. uh, tomato sauces, uh, anything mm-hmm. with fatty meats. Um, my personal favorite pairing with something like this is, like, a pork cheek tagliatelle pasta. Mm. It's so good. Oh, yum. Mm. That sounds great. And I'm noticing the, the finish on it is real smooth. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you get some of these and they're just, they just drop you off the cliff yeah. on the finish. But this one just kind of starts with that first taste and you mm-hmm. swallow and it just kind of mellows down. And yeah. Nice. You know, the first taste I had almost tasted creamy, like a creamsicle or something. And I don't know if that was a 
result of having it right after the Chablis. Because yeah. the second taste was much crisper than that. Yeah. Well, just that grab is. the red cup and go back yeah. and forth. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Except that the red cup has two in it now. So <laughs> we've got a yeah. sparkling Chablis in there now. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. Did we talk on the Chablis what you would pair with that? Oh, sorry. I'm, um, not, sure. I'm not sure if we did. But, oh, my gosh, Chablis, Chablis with fresh goat's milk cheese. Mm. Amazing. Uh, any sort of fresh greens, arugula works really well um, as well. And then, of course, uh, the classic pairings of oysters with Chablis is mm. so good. Um, I'm I although I keep talking about fresh greens and all the produce things because I'm looking forward to spring. I have to admit yes. that I uh, personally can be a little greedy when it comes to food, and I like things that are um, kind of fatty and a little buttery. Oh, yeah. And so. I love Chablis with popcorn Ooh. or French fries Ooh. or or things like fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are soul sisters. <laughs> mm, and maybe you could do a little Chablis with the popcorn and then put some truffle oil on oh the popcorn gosh, and go yes. to the Barbaros. Yes. Oh, that would be perfect. Yeah, 100%. Multi-course meal. Yes. Multi-pairings. Oh, with it. That sounds awesome. Aaron, thank you so much for bringing these. Thank and, you for coming up. Yeah. yeah thank and you we also me. had a uh, put a whole story about you in the February issue on Seattle Dining. So for those of you who are fascinated with how knowledgeable she is, <laughs> you can go read what her background is. She has been doing this a long time. And has some great... And I think the link is still there for the article if you look over on the right side where it says Training with Readers. It should be, yes. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, so that's yeah. up there this month. So you so. can easily get that. If not, you can go to the bottom of the page, do search and put in Champion Sellers, awesome. and that'll pop that right up too. Champion Sellers, located right down on the corner of 85th and Greenwood Avenue in the nice. lovely state of Greenwood. And also, <laughs> currently, well, actually right from the beginning, you do a little delivery too within yes, the city. Yes, so. We do. So if you're like self-quarantining or something, you yep. can go ahead and, and have them deliver. Yep, most definitely. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a little break, and we'll be right back. Awesome. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Revolve True Food and Wine Bar in Bothell, where a passion for wellness, wonderful food, and good wine infuses everything they do. All menu items are free of gluten, grains, preservatives, trans fats, GMO, and soy. Enjoy wild seafood, organic farm-fresh eggs, and seasonal organic produce. Find them at revolvefoodwine.com. Hi, I'm Josh from Capitol Hill. I can't make up my mind what my favorite place is yet. Hi, this is Chef Meredith Abbott from Sur La Tab, and you are listening to The Seattle Dining Show. You are back on the Seattle Dining Show with Tom and Connie, and we want to thank Erin Lyman again for being here today and sharing her wines from Champion Wine Cellars. That was really fun. Erin, we love you. Um, We're just about to wrap up, but as always, we like to throw out a few tips um, before we leave you for the month. Um, Do you want to go first this time? Sure. I will. Um, (laughs) I will. 
This is uh, kind of inspired for me playing around with the Mediterranean diet earlier this year. And um, I really enjoyed spending most of January doing just a Mediterranean diet. Uh, and I enjoyed I, that as well. Yeah. When I got to February, though, <laughs> I didn't really want to continue on that same path, even though it's good for you and all. So uh, uh, what I want to do now is kind of come up with me. I'm like, I could do the Mediterranean once a month every, or you know, for a whole month every quarter. Mm-hmm. And then I just need to fill in what those other two months are. Maybe I want to do a whole month of Mexican uh, or a whole month of Asian. But explain why you like to do a whole month of anything right. at once. So, so the benefit of it is, is that when you're shopping and you're stocking your fridge and your pantry, uh, all the ingredients work. So you could be making hummus one day and then you could be using chickpeas for something else. Exactly. And so it really works out nice in terms of what you're buying and what you're stocking in the kitchen. And if you need some garlic or whatever, it's just right there. You know, you already yeah. have it. Yeah. And so you have this nice uh, inventory of food in your house that you're definitely going to be using. But um, – but like I say, I only want to do it for a month, so I want to want to switch out to something and do a different month with a different theme. And then when I do that, it's not, you know, I'm, I'm trying to eat clean, trying to eat healthy. And you can do that if you go Mexican or if you go mm-hmm. Asian or, hey, you could do a whole month of African if you want to oh, get yeah. into it. So Lots of legumes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, my tip, and I, you know, there is just like too much overwhelming us right now with the whole coronavirus, but... I do want to bring it up and say that every place in the world right now is cleaner than it's ever been. Everything is so clean. So if you are healthy and can go out, don't be afraid to go out. Support the restaurants. They're having a really tough time. Um, Get out there and enjoy a meal there and... And if you are afraid to go out, find the ones that are doing the to-go. Yeah. There's people doing delivery. The Camel's thing is just brilliant. Yeah. So... And there, you know, people are doing drive-throughs, pickups, deliveries. Um, Erin, I think we talked about this with her. They deliver wine, so if you just need your wine and don't want to go out, and I have deliver. seen a, a number of wine shops that have like, a, a, you know, you could do a case buy, mm-hmm. get a discount, and of course, you know, if you're if you're not going to go out, you're going to be at home every night. I know I like to have a bottle of wine at home every night. He does. I can so, attest to that. So uh, stock. Properly. Yeah, properly. (laughs) Um, Don't buy toilet paper, buy wine. (laughs) What were you people thinking? (laughs) Yes, so anyway, whatever you can do, support everybody who's out there. We're all struggling, so let's help each other. That's my tip. All right. Well, that would be our show for the month of March. No, it's April. Oh, my God, it's April. It gets by you, doesn't it? Tricky. You know, it's so fun when there's a coronavirus. It, time just flies. Yeah, I, I really, I really start to forget what month I'm in. Yeah, but of it, course we, we, I, 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 it's okay that I said that because we always record the month of, right. ahead of time. I'm so. just hoping the virus hasn't eaten his brain. That's my concern. I'm hoping it will. <laughs> All right. So um, we will see you next month. We'll see you next month back here on the Thanks Seattle for listening. Dining show. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? 
However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music, a Fremont icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Doghouse, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the Seattle Dining Show.